In a recent episode of the Paychecks Business Series with Gene Marks Coronavirus Podcast, Gene Marks talks with Jim Gaffigan about playing the long game on YouTube and how he's using that and other social media platforms to reach like-minded people, build a community, and establish relationships during the coronavirus pandemic. Listen to this and other episodes to hear how small business owners and other industry experts are dealing with today's top issues surrounding COVID-19. Visit Paychecks.com slash business series today to listen and subscribe do you feel that you're modeling appropriate and positive behavior for today's youth i feel like we just figured out who or what killed biggie and tupac gary 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 hoffman he's like a little man hi guys i'm shannon shannon farron i like that she's a fighter and that she doesn't give up who are you gary and shannon you can talk uh goo goo gaga no you can really talk now let's get this nightmare started of handle to spray the entire room down with Lysol, but it makes it hard to breathe because every time you take a breath, you feel like you've inhaled an entire can of Lysol. I don't know what there. There are people who really enjoy the smell of like a mm-hmm. Lysol. They call them air fresheners. It's a real chemical. It's a bad, bad smell. Yeah. Like it, and I'm not a. I'm not one of those people who's like super uh, sensitive to perfumes or anything like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I. But for some reason, that chemically, like false, clean smell, mm-hmm. is nauseating to me. Do you smell this? What is that? Smell it. What do you smell? Faintly. Oh, it's okay. It's like baby powder. Oh, almost. good. Oh, good. Yeah. No, no. So I'm not like I said, you. no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not offended by like perfume. JJL's like, what the hell are you guys well, doing? I had to see in what, what that was. <laughs> I saw him lean over to sniff, but I couldn't oh, see what he was sniffing. She was showing me her wrist or presenting her, perfu- her wrist. Yeah, where my perfume, oh. where her perfume goes. So I just saw Jay Stu in the hallway, and I said, he works down the hall at one of the other radio stations. Yeah, AM five seventy. Get in the game. We love LA. Go Lakers, Dodgers, Dodgers Clippers, Clippers, Chargers. 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 Everything. The Chargers are on KFI. Well, pregame sometimes is over there. And anyway, what did Jace do? Say? Semantics. Did he say, oh, you stink today? I said, no. I said, how you doing? And he goes, I'm all right. And I said, just all right? And he says, I think I'm coming down with that. And I, I didn't even wait for the rest of the sentence to come out of his mouth before I got the hell out of there. Oscar, all he saw, Oscar, then, all, all he saw was a smoke right cloud in your shape <laughs> yeah. as you left. I mean, it's like the plague. I'm freaked out about this thing. I mean, I went through being sick over Christmas yeah. and New Year's, and I'm terrified I'm going to catch it again because if you weren't sick, now you're sick or you're just getting sick, and it, it's like never-ending. Well, yeah. Hopefully you already got it, so you're kind of built up your antibodies to it. Yeah. So everybody else is getting it, but you're I'm hoping fine. that's how it works. Yeah. Did you get a flu shot? No. Okay, I got a flu shot, and I had it over Christmas. So I feel like I'm Superman right now. You're like Teflon. I don't worry about it. That being said, I wiped down every square centimeter (laughs) that I think Handel may have looked at in this room just in case. Yeah. I haven't got sick yet. Because he was saying he wasn't feeling super. Okay, but if you do get sick, please stay home. No, I'm going to come in. No, no. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not because you're gonna you're gonna end up in a snuggie in the corner of the office uh, asking us not to talk. to No, you. Oscar's one of those people that would totally work through the flu and like do it with a smile on his face. 
Shannon, didn't you come in like two weeks ago when you were sick, though? Right before it was, Christmas. It was, it was right before Wednesday, the... Okay, it was Wednesday, and I just had Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday I was going to New York with the Chargers. So I was, I was hobbling. It was just Wednesday when it hit me, Wednesday morning, and I came in, or I texted you guys, I think, and I said... My throat hurts. Yeah. It's a little sore. Let me know if you don't want me to come in. And Gary uh, said, no Hoffman cookies if you don't show up. And Gary was like, you get your ass in here. I remember Something that. That was Ball Hat Wednesday. Yeah. How crazy How <laughs> exactly. crazy would it have been if you got the entire Chargers plane sick? Ooh. But I didn't. No. But but then again, they were playing the Jets. It's not like Right. That. Right. I mean, Good point. Well, uh, big show today. We have a lot that's going on. In the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to spend a whole lot of time on this story about the Blaze Bernstein death. Um, This is the college kid from Penn who came home for the holidays and then ended up in Borrego Park. They found his body on Tuesday afternoon. We mentioned a little bit uh, about it yesterday, but we have more in terms of the court documents. Uh, I would kind of be surprised if we don't see an arrest today, uh, just based on... The evidence that we have seen yes. and the things that we know about this case, the the cops know a whole lot more than we do, obviously. Also, coming up in the 12 o'clock hour, have you heard the story about the bra supplier for the Royals? The woman who fits the Royals for their bras, their lingerie. She has been kicked out of that job. She has lost her royal warrant, they call it. Is that, I didn't, is that a thing? Like, you need someone to do that for you? A bra fitter? Yeah. No. I know this is going to surprise you. Um, I've never been fitted for Well, once, you know what? Most women wear the wrong size bra throughout the majority of their lives. And once you go, I I go to a place in Arcadia. It's called uh, Creative Woman, the Wizard of Bras. And let's just say it's pretty life changing. Once you get somebody to fit your breasts. Is that the one with like the huge (laughs) mountain bra in the front window? Yes. Blake remembers that. <laughs> Dude, that thing is huge. It's, it's bigger shown than up people. In his dreams well, if you times. have a substantial bosom. Or maybe one is bigger than the other. Or one is bigger than the other, uh, which happens for many women. Sure. Uh, they will help you with that. And it is, it is, it does uh, change your life. So I am going to talk to the queen. Oh, today? Yeah. About um, it. I mean, I'm not going to ask her any uh, delicate questions, but we are pretty close, Liz and I. So there so, may be. So some girl talk. A little girl talk. You'll have to leave. Uh, and then finally, uh, avocados, where they came from. We can thank our sloth friends for their pooping habits that gave us avocados, I guess. Interesting. It's a very weird science type story that we'll get to in the one o'clock hour. Because sloths are matted with their own filth. Art, what? Usually. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Why are you ruining my image of what a sloth well, is? Well, sloths I thought it was are a nice... adorable, but they are matted with their own filth. I knew a guy like that in high school. And several guys in high school, probably. Probably. All right. Montecito, we go. What a disaster this is. For people who live there, they're saying this is far worse than the fires. Because this could take a very long time to clean up. And it is just devastation, like you said, to handle about how this storm, this these mudslides have not only ripped apart homes at the seams, but families. 
families were or half the family survives and half is either missing or, or already confirmed dead. Yeah, of the 17 people who were killed, we know that Fabiola Benitez, for example, was with her husband and two kids at the time that their home was swept away. So this family of four, Fabiola and her nine-year-old son are missing and believed to have been killed in the mudslides. Her husband and the other son survived and are in the hospital. There is a woman who is named Rebecca, 61 years old, Rebecca Riskin. And she's very well known in Montecito. She's a real estate agent there. In fact, she's called the first lady of luxury real estate. She was a professional ballerina before she was a real estate agent. The, she, they're saying, she died with her dogs, they're saying. Um, this is a woman who sold a, more than $2 billion in real estate there in her career. She is survived by her husband and two kids. Another family ripped apart. Ray Roder founder of a Christian school in Ventura, swept from his home alongside his wife on Tuesday morning. He did not survive, but his wife was rescued, said to be in stable condition. Now, and I read that story about the rotors that he was found, or I'm sorry, that she was found several hundred yards away from where he was found. I mean, just the the impact of that, just think of, of what that means and... She, I mean, she's, I don't even know if she's able to stand at the end of this thing when she's tumbled through these rocks and debris. Well, when you see these boulders that have made their ways down the streets into homes, you don't stand a chance. They're as big as you are. Yeah. And you've, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the cars that got caught up in all of this and made their way all the way down to Highway 101. I mean, they were, they traveled a mile and a half in some cases and they're just crumpled pieces. It looks like when you are done with your aluminum foil and you crumple it up into yes. a ball before you throw it away, that's what it looks like. It's barely recognizable as a car. Now, there was a tale of one woman who opened her door, opened her front door, and was swept away. And I was thinking of her story when I read about the emergency alert. The emergency alert, which is kind of like an amber alert, was sent about 3.50 a.m. on Tuesday to all registered cell phones in the areas that were under voluntary and mandatory evacuations because of heavy rains. They knew the heavy rain was coming, but the downpour was much worse than anticipated. And at this point, it was clear mudslides were happening at 3.50. That's when they sent out the alert. And that's chilling to me because... Well, they have to send out an alert. You wonder how people reacted to that. Did they get the alert on the phone? Did it wake them up? Did they then go outside to see what was happening and get swept away? Well, there there are people who have criticized San Bernardino County for not issuing that type of an alert, that it's sort of the amber alert version of what comes over on your phone, the just a horribly screeching sound, the alert that says there's problems. You mean earlier? Right, that they that they didn't send that out before the mudslides. But you have to remember, from the moment we had a, gr- a grasp on the Thomas fire, from, from the moment the temperatures cooled off, the moisture picked up, we realized this wasn't going to advance. It had become the largest fire in state history. There was already talk that if it rains, when it rains, These areas are going to be in danger. And as we got closer and closer to this storm, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the county issued 
several warnings about the possibility of mud flows on their website, on social media, on television, on radio. They were telling people this is a real danger. No one expected there to be three quarters of an inch of rain in a half an hour. Nobody expected the ferocity with which it rained early Tuesday morning. But in a lot of those areas, deputies were going door to door in some of those neighborhoods on Monday night when it had started raining and said, listen, it's going to get heavier. You are in the path of danger, potentially. We would suggest you get out of there. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where deputies or law enforcement. If fire it gets have, to that level. That's a that's a I'm sign there. That is a sign. And, and there's a lot of people who say, well, we're afraid that if um, uh, the county officials who had said at some point they are concerned about disaster fatigue, about people concerned that they didn't want to leave because they had to evacuate when the fire came through, but their houses didn't burn. Well, God forbid they you know be warned again and have to get out a couple of weeks later. And that's that's a a frustrating part of, I guess, human nature. It is frustrating. It and I can only imagine the only way I can rationalize it is those people had no idea what was to come. They envisioned maybe a, a baby mudslide. Maybe there'd be some mud in the roads, but not boulders that are going to kill you it would be and a crush your home and rip it off the foundation. Where we stand right now is 17 people have been killed. Eight people remain unaccounted for. First responders say they've searched about 75% of the debris field. Uh, We've talked about it. Boulders, muck, waste-level mud. They say this is going to be a very long, a very difficult journey. Yesterday, they were able to rescue three people, emergency crews. They used helicopters to get people that are in the canyon areas because, remember, The roads are completely obliterated. There are no road signs. There is no power. They are living in the dark ages in a lot of these places. Um, The debris field has cut off gas, electricity, water to much of the area. There's a boil water notice that remains in effect for Montecito Water District um, because they're they're terrified that there will be a serious bacterial situation that goes on. Restaurants have been told to close If you're getting your water from Santa Barbara, Carpinteria, it's fine. But the Montecito Water District, they're saying, is completely shut down right now because it just ruined the the water storage. Uh, there, like you said, the death toll 17. They say now that there were 59 homes, I think, almost 60 homes that were destroyed, completely destroyed, and several hundred. 446 that were damaged in the mudslides. That, I mean, again, I don't feel like on Tuesday morning we even had a good idea of the scope of this. We knew that there were people, there were homes that were destroyed, but to say that there were 59 homes destroyed and now 446 homes damaged by these mudslides, and they're still saying that there are 1,500 that are threatened. We know that even though the rain stopped, as the, I think it was, um, it was Fritz Coleman actually who told us that as these temperatures go up and as we see the the you know possibly 70 80 degrees in that area on Saturday that the water that's in the ground now could continue to expand and cause even more mudslides through the course of the next several days and weeks hundreds of homes remain threatened 1500 they said 1500 homes for, threatened yeah for for a pretty long time here um cuz you just don't know once you get until you get guys up on that hillside you know, we're days away from that to figure out what the erosion is. 
I think what gave me the most perspective yesterday of how big this disaster area is, is this washed out a 30-mile stretch of the 101. 30 miles. That's going to remain closed. You've heard it in KFI News uh, until at least Monday. Yeah, and the the images of what that looks like specifically there, uh, you know, just south of Santa Barbara as 101 goes through Montecito, where the the highway itself, I mean, what is it, six lanes there through that area? At, le- four, at least four, four probably on, six. Two on both sides, yeah. You, I mean, that thing's under five or six feet of stuff. And it's not just water. It's not just flooded like we saw around town, you know, the last couple of days. It's under mud and debris and, and it's rocks not and cars really and homes. the priority. No. You know, when you think about how much devastation there still is with people missing and people need to be dug out. Uh, The L.A. Times captured a moment here that kind of lets you know about the frantic nature of of people trying to find loved ones who are lost or you haven't heard from them. Uh, Sally Mabrotten, uh, 56-year-old woman, Sally. They caught her arriving at an evacuation center at Santa Barbara City College, desperately looking for her mother. Her mother's 86. She couldn't get to her. She couldn't reach her on the phone. And she's just frantic looking for her mother. She thought her mother was evacuated but could not find her. She's on the phone. She's going from place to place. Could you imagine? She decides to go to Avon's on Coast Village Road where the National Guard have been dropping people off. And along the way, she's on the phone again, and she's frantic. She's calling all the hotels in Santa Barbara, see whether her mother was there. How do you even do that? How do you even ask those questions? You call up a, a, a hotel in Santa Barbara looking for your mother. Think You think your 86-year-old mother gave her name? Are they keeping a, a list? Are you describing what she looks like? How are you even doing that? But anyway, she's calling these hotels. She has no luck. And then she sees a woman outside wearing this red raincoat and white hat and she recognizes that hat and that raincoat and she shouts that's my mother her her car is still running and she jumps out of it to run to her mother and hug her and give her a kiss i just it's chilling to think of the the ability of a an event like that to separate a family guess what doesn't know doesn't matter how much money you have when you talk about families being ripped apart like that or yeah. people searching for for their family members it doesn't matter that they live in these multi-million dollar or more homes it doesn't matter what they have or what they've done with their life it's just total devastation um there will be a discussion i think about you know, in the context of this, what to do in terms of warning people ahead of time, as we referred to earlier. If you remember the La Conchita landslide, it was January 10th, I think, of 2005. So yesterday was the 13th anniversary of the La Conchita landslide. And uh, I think 10, 10 people were killed in that. Remember the 2014 mudslide in Washington State? In Oso, yeah. Yeah, killed 43 people. But the last body was found four months later. That's how long it can take. All right. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. And um, again, if there are news conferences or developments or anything that come out of uh, Santa Barbara County, Montecito, Summerland areas, we will uh, we'll bring those to you as soon as we can. Um, 
But, hey guys, can I interrupt really fast? CNN is saying Senator Jeff Flake says a bipartisan deal has been reached regarding DACA that will let the Dreamers stay and increase border security. Interesting because I don't know what that means. Yesterday, the president was saying there would be no DACA deal without a wall deal. And so all, yeah, the wording was increased border security. Huh. Hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to scramble and get you guys more on that, but. That's all I got. Well, those two, and those two are not uh, friends with each other. So that'll be interesting to see how that comes about. Want to give away some money? Yes, we're doing this uh, every hour on the, about the 20 minute mark from five in the morning with Wake Up Call with Jonesy all the way through Conway Show at 620, an opportunity to win $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Don't forget, you got to answer that phone when they do call. If you're the winner, uh, they will give you a call. But if you don't answer, they're going to move on to somebody else who will answer the phone. Remember the firefighter who was killed fighting the Thomas fire up there in Ventura County? Uh, His name is Corey Iverson, 32 years old. Remember, he leaves behind a wife, a a uh, toddler, two-year-old daughter, and another baby on the way is heartbreaking. Um, we're learning more about what happened to him. The uh, the Cal Fire, what is it, Cal Fire or agency, uh, put out a green sheet. It's their preliminary report on Corey's death, and the, there were a lot of questions about it. They've been very uh, fact-light, I should say, when it comes to the details about Corey's death, and I don't know if that's because they didn't know what happened or for whatever reason they were, but uh, they have put out a basic report about what led to to Corey's death. Um, they said that he and four other firefighters were laying hose along a bulldozer-created fire break, and it, this is in the Fillmore area. Each of those guys was wearing a pack that had 300 feet of inch-and-a-half hose, and he was also carrying a scraping tool. Just think of a shovel, basically. He was trying to put out a spot fire on the edge of the fire line with his hand tool that he also had when a second uh, fire flared up about 20 feet deep in an unburned area. So he's got about 200 feet of hose remaining on his back and he heads toward it. All right. He reaches the second spot and is trying to put it out. And it was around this time they say that more spot fires broke out along the fire line on the other side. So the the fires grow quickly. There's not enough water in this area, just his his hose alone. And his escape route vanishes. You've always got to have an escape route. And it was cut off. And he's just surrounded by walls of flames. They said that he started moving southwest. It was parallel to the fire break. And he turned and he headed south down the slope because there was no other way for him to go. He immediately calls for air support for a helicopter in the area. And again, this was this was early in a morning. It was, uh, say, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. So there was plenty of opportunity for them. It wasn't in the middle of the night. Uh, there was opportunity for air, for helicopters, airplanes in the area. He requested air support. That was his last confirmed radio transmission. Because he's heading downhill, but unfortunately, he was heading towards more fire. And a captain radioed him and said, get the hell out of there. You're heading towards more, essentially. Uh, They did call a mayday about two minutes after that, that they had a firefighter trapped. People who were in the helicopters above him 
actually could see him trying to get out of there. At least one of them did drop fire retardant in that area and then came back with water because they knew that the the turnaround for water was going to be faster. They could reload the helicopters quicker. But by the time a fire captain got to him, they found his body in in a deep gulch. Whether he died and then fell or fell and then was overcome, they said that he died of thermal injuries, so he was burned, and smoke inhalation. So unfortunate. And again, leaves behind the the pregnant wife and a two-year-old daughter. Just a tragedy. All right, coming up next, James Franco is the latest name to be bouncing around Hollywood after his appearance at the Golden Globes. I think Ali Sheedy was tweeting, why the hell is James Franco there and why is he allowed to talk? Uh, Well, it looks like five women are speaking out about James Franco and some sexual misconduct. We'll tell you what they say when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon... KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. We will stay on top of all the developments coming out of Montecito and Santa Barbara as active searches continue to go on. Also, coming up in the 1 o'clock hour when we talk science, birds coming down with PTSD. Well, what did James Franco do, you may have asked yourself, post-Golden Globes, when it seemed like a bunch of women on social media were upset at his appearance on stage there and upset that no one's talking about James Franco? Well, the L.A. Times talked to several women, five, who have shared their stories about James Franco and his alleged acts. One of them is uh, Sarah Tither Kaplan, a former acting student at this film school that he founded. Uh, She actually went on to appear in some of the the indie films that he's done. And she accused him of behavior that was inappropriate or sexually exploitative. And again, I've I've penciled this out a few times. And believe me, my wife doesn't like finding my notes uh, around the house where I'm trying to make a list of what is the the range of offenses in, in this context of sexual harassment, inappropriate activity, sexual assault, rape. So at the top, you have, you know, you have like a, a violent sexual assault, right? That's uh, everybody agrees that that's uh, egregious. It should be dealt with in the court system and is it's horrific, right? It's it's horrific. Then down at the bottom, you have something like. inappropriate behavior or comments or something that is sexually exploitative. Unwelcome comments. Unwelcome comments. Thank you. That's the one I was looking for. And and in in between, you had people like Matt Damon saying, there's a wide range of offenses here, and we can't lump violent sexual assaults in with unwelcome comments, but it seems like we're being all swept up in this. Well, I think that the conversation has moved to the culture in Hollywood. Not about assault, but the culture of men treating women like they are uh, replaceable, not necessary. Right. They uh, do anything. 
you will do whatever I say to get ahead kind of thing. The way, In fact, the way that Sarah put it was, I feel there was an abuse of power and there was a culture of exploiting non-celebrity women. There you go. And a culture of women being replaceable. That's probably the most concise I've heard it put by by anybody who claimed to have been a victim in all of this. She told the Times that in a nude orgy scene she filmed with James Franco and several women three years ago, he removed the protective plastic guards covering actresses' uh, areas while simulating a sex act. Two other student actresses recounted negative onset experiences. Both said that James Franco became angry when no women while, the sh- while at the shoot would agree to be topless. I'm there. Um, James Franco has a has a what's the word? I don't even know if reputation is the right word. He has an image. How's that? James Franco has an image of a guy who. Uh, is good at what he does. I mean, he was at an Oscar nominee for 127 hours, right? With the one where the the climber gets uh, stuck by the boulder, I think, in Colorado, and has to cut off his own arm. And uh, so he's got this reputation of being good at what he does, but just being weird. And oh, did I mention stoned all the time? He and Seth Rogen have been have consumed more marijuana and marijuana-based products than anyone in the state of California. In 2014, James Franco used Instagram to ask a 17-year-old British girl he'd met outside a New York theater if she had a boyfriend and whether she was 18. He learns that she's 17 and then still asks for the name of her hotel and if if he should rent a room there. After that became public, he apologized on ABC's Live with Kelly and Michael. He said at the time, I'm embarrassed and I guess... I'm just a model of how social media is tricky. I used bad judgment and I learned my lesson. He taught at one time at Playhouse West in North Hollywood, a school where he had received training to be an actor. And two of his former students there said he put female students in uncomfortable situations. Hillary Dusum is one of these girls, 33 years old. She took a class from him back in 2012. And she says at first... I found him to be a really generous spirit, eager to help aspiring actors. But then her feelings about him started to change because uh, a couple of other female students had the same thoughts. Eh, Maybe this guy, uh, I don't know. They described what they considered to be unprofessional and a hostile shoot at a strip club. That midway through filming, Franco approached the actresses, who were at the time, by the way, wearing masks and lingerie. And he approaches them and he says, who wants to take your shirt off? When no actresses volunteered, he stormed off. Well, to play devil's advocate for a minute, if you're filming a strip scene for a movie, someone's top is probably going to have to come off. You know what I mean? If if I answer a casting call to shoot a strip club scene as a woman, I'm pretty sure that entails me taking my top off, right? When you answer that casting call, you and I assume. don't know, I don't know the you details, but you would assume. Um I, what what impact does this have if we go an entire year? Let's say we get to October of uh, this year, a little bit later this year. What do we see in terms of 
content in in movies. The I saw Shape of Water. Did you see this yet? Did you no. see Shape of Water? Um there's a scene in there that's a it's a pretty sexual scene. I mean, it's clear that a husband and wife are having sex in this in this scene. Totally didn't advance the story. Didn't make me feel one way or the other about the character, although it was designed to. Um, it, Gratuitous scene sex like a, scenes? Is that what you're saying? Well, Do, I, are they going to exist? Gratu- yes, that's a good question. Okay, well, I think ho- Hollywood responds to whatever the environment is. Hollywood will put out whatever movies are um, reflective of what's going on in the world. So if what's going on in the world is a change in Hollywood when it comes to the way women are treated, you're going to probably see that in movies. Okay, but let's say they make a movie about this type of a situation. If they make a Harvey Weinstein-style movie where you've got a guy – I mean, and just the acting – I mean, like you were saying, the audition call that goes out – you're a woman who has to sit there and watch a fat mayonnaise-based human being masturbate into a plant. Like, that's the scene. And and granted, you know, like you just said, that they have these clear plastic c- covers that go over parts so that you don't actually touch parts that's when you're doing still, a scene like for that. for me, does not uh, make it much better. I mean... You know what I mean? Like... Like if you had a plastic thing over your part, yeah, and some girl, stranger actress, was still getting it, touching it, right? Does that make it any better for you? I mean, uh, make it any uh, less awkward for you? No, I don't think so. I'm just I'm confused as to what goes on. Now let me play for you. I, oh. I think we're very far away from any sort of Harvey Weinstein movie. By the way, I don't. I I think that there are people out there who really want to make this. Because, I think it's because they soon. want to make a statement about it. Okay, but I think it's too soon to to show a man into a plant. We'll see. I, when we come back, I want to play for you the sound that that James Franco. He was he's been interviewed already. I mean, this is not a new thing. This this L.A. Times article it, it describes it, but. Uh, he was asked by Seth Meyers about his response to all of this. So I want to play his well, comments when we come back. Also, uh, it's not just asking girls to, um, you know, take off their top at a strip club uh, shoot. There is one actress by the name of Violet who says uh, the penis came out. Oh. So okay. we'll t- get into her story as well. Got to learn that move, I guess. Nope. Nope. Gary and Shannon will continue. I walk Gary and Shannon, we are talking about James Franco. And I guess the the, the girl that uh, has the most lurid tales is a girl by the name of Violet Paley. She told the Times that she met Franco in early of 2016. She was eager to become a filmmaker and that he'd been willing to give her notes on her script. She says they began a romantic relationship when she said he pressured her into performing a sex act on him. That was the beginning of the relationship? While in a car. She says, I was talking to him and all of a sudden his penis was out. She said, I got really nervous and I said, can we do this later? And I didn't want him to hate me, so I did it. 
Uh, Franco's attorney has described her allegations not accurate. Didn't say it didn't happen. Didn't say it didn't happen, but uh, probably the old consensual situation. She but, did. She did say eventually the relationship did turn into a consensual sexual relationship. She said she today would have handled the thing totally different, especially in the context of now what we know about what goes on in Hollywood. That women like Violet probably feel it is okay for me to say no. It is. It is okay for me to push back against uh, some guy just pulling his junk out and saying get to get to work. Now the allegations against James Franco by these five women uh, were brought up in. His appearance Tuesday night on The Late Show. And he was also, that was with Stephen Colbert. He also did uh, Seth Meyers. And this minute-long version of his conversation or the minute-long cut from the conversation is with Seth Meyers and, and James Franco's response to all of this. Does this Time's Up movement and this moment we're having right now... As it- By the way, the reason he's referring to Time's Up movement... When James Franco accepted his Golden Globe on Sunday night, he was wearing one of those pins that said Time's Up in solidarity with with the women who had been victimized by these powerful men in Hollywood. Does this Time's Up movement and this moment we're having right now, does it make you look back at all and question any of your behavior in the past based on on this new perspective we're getting on how women have have perceived things for so long? I mean, I think what I really learned and, and um, being here and, and this week and, and that show that we were, you know, it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was so powerful in there. That we heard um, some amazing things from some amazing women. Like I said, you know, um, there are stories that need to get out. There are um, people that need to be heard. Um, I have my own side of, of this story, but um, I believe in, you know, these people that have been underrepresented getting their stories out enough that I will, you know, hold back um, things that I could say just because I believe in it that much. And if I have to take a knock because I'm not going to, you know, try and, you know, actively refute things, then I will because I believe in it that much. So he's but, saying he's not going to defend himself because he feels like it would uh, put a damper on more women coming forward well, or women I, I feeling think that, he, like- that he's not going to shout down these women. That, yeah. that was his point. He's not going to try to shout down the women because because and this, I think, is an important thing that he has said that I haven't heard other people say to this point. Whether he agrees that it was abuse or not. If they feel like it was abuse, there's a problem there, and right. he has to acknowledge that. Now, the two women that we've talked about, Sarah Tither Kaplan and Violet Paley, he's called both of them and apologized to them for whatever he, whatever they feel he did to them, he has apologized. So in that car, he's just thinking maybe this girl's interested, we're going to hook up or whatever, and she's looking at it as this is James Franco and I better do anything he wants to do because he's James Franco. You can see where there would be two different right. – that's the power ideas imbalance. of how this went down, though. Absolutely. Um, I, 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 uh, I think he sounds super genuine there, and I, uh, I like that response to it. It was one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, all right. Coming up next, the 19-year-old University of Pennsylvania student found dead in the park in Orange County. Looks like his friend is in a bit of trouble about the whole thing. Also, in the context of that whole James Franco story. There is a governor of Missouri who has been caught up in a blackmail scandal. He acknowledges that he had an affair with his hairdresser, but says, I never tried to blackmail her by threatening to publish uh, naked photos of her. We'll do that when we get into Swamp Watch at 1230. It's all covered. I'll say it when the microphone's on.
It's all coming up on Gary and Shannon.